going on people it is the north shore nine post game show the pirates win 11-1 in a pivotal nl central game against the cardinals gain ground on them in the nl central standings denardo how are we feeling tonight i'm feeling pretty damn good yeah that's for sure i tell you that we move a game above the cardinals in august by beating them 11 to 1 in March, how, 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 where do you think we are? You know, I said something about this. Um, I forget when, but it was something in the sense of if, if earlier this offseason, right, you were told that you would have the Pirates to be in a situation that had a better record than the Mets and the Cardinals. Yeah. What would you think? <laughs> and I mean, you could only imagine at that point in time, like, oh my God, is, is this team like fighting for the World Series? And it's just that every team is just bad. No, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're you're in the scrap heaps with the Padres, the Cardinals, and the Mets, and it's still the Pirates, right? So, but, but on happier news, you know, today was a good day. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start pitching or with the offense? Actually, so. Are we live? Actually, I'm, I'm just saying that because it seems kind of weird. I don't know if we're live. Are we live? We should be. Yeah, we're that, live. Here yeah, we're live. Is this end broadcast here in the top right corner? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, if, if we're live, let us know. Like, if you guys see me, because um, this is showing up as like no viewers, and I don't know. The okay. chat doesn't seem responsive. There's, so, there, there's chat. There's chat. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> uh, what was your question again? Where would you like to start? Oh, the offense came alive. Yeah, like it really came alive today. I feel like you have to start with the offense today because this is something that I mean. Think about the past two games. Yes, yeah. The last two games have been atrocious. Right. <laughs> um, like even even when we were winning baseball games, it wasn't really anything because of the offense was doing. But it was kind of the uh, the kind of the Josh Palacio show, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he showed up with little brother there. So it was nice that Josh, I don't know, maybe he had that little extra oomph, you know, with his brother. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, he, he always has like, he, he disappears for like a week and then he'll come out of the blue and have a monster game like this one. Um, five RBIs, a huge three run home run. Um, You know, it's, He's not a good player, but tonight was special. So, like the Josh Palacio effect, is it? Is it, it's kind of weird. I mean, because I get it in the sense that he is exciting, he's fun, he's a guy you want to root for. Mm-hmm. But like you said, he's really not that that good. No. And I feel like a no. lot of people feel as if he actually is good. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I, hate he, this, I hate to like crap on him right now too because he had an amazing game and it's like his moment today. Yeah, I don't want to crap on him, but it's definitely like he's like one of those bad players that has kind of like a cult, a cult following. You know, a, a bad, a, a consistently bad team like the Pirates gets a lot of those guys, and I think Palacios is just that guy this year for sure. Yeah, it would certainly seem like it. Um, but you know, there's also an argument that he wasn't even the best offensive performer tonight. Um, Connor I Joe, tell you who was? <laughs> you want to go down that route? <laughs> Connor Joe went three for four with a walk, three doubles. He was he was a, he's been a man possessed recently. It's nice to see. It's like it's early April all over for him again. I mean, he hasn't been a terrible player by any means, you know. I mean, no. He's clearly beat my expectations of the acquisition for this year. He's solid. And tonight just showed, like you said, all three doubles too. I mean, he was mashing the ball. He was probably unlucky to not have a, like at least one home run with how he was hitting the ball tonight. If he's your first or second guy off the bench, you've got a good roster. But yeah. the, the problem is he's he's not the first or second. I mean, we've talked about this at length with him. He's he's at times been asked to fill a role that he's not really capable of filling or not really suited towards, which is, again, a running theme for this team. Yeah, and I was kind of looking at the lineup tonight. Now, all I could think was we have a lot of guys I'd be really comfortable putting in the five through nine slot. You have Connor Joe. You have Rodriguez. You have, <laughs> you have a lot of guys you can fill in a back end of the. I don't even know. It's so funny, but you have a lot of guys you can fill in the back end of a uh, of a lineup. But there's like one guy I'd really be like, yes, put him in the top four. And that's it, Brian it was. Reynolds. It was the complete phrasing. It, it reminded no. me of Eric when he he was talking about CSN how he'd be a great player. In Korea, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like we have some great guys. It felt time. like a, it felt like a very underhanded compliment. It, yes. it wasn't even supposed to be underhanded. I just think we have like a lot of dudes who can play at the major league level, but like when you look up and down this roster, like who were like the real like impact guys? I think is what I was trying to say. No, and you're right. Just your way of saying it was very funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> can we talk about Andy Rodriguez for a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I noticed something today. Andy Rodriguez is a good player, but not because he has the Jack Sawinski approach. He goes up there looking to hit the ball, and the walks come. Because when you attack the ball, and you're good at attacking the ball, and you have a good eye, the walks will, will come naturally. He doesn't have to work a walk. Well, I mean... It's probably not the best way to put it. He doesn't have to go up there looking to get a walk. To That's get not his first outcome he's looking for. Right. And it it's just it's it's really shocking that just the pirates have continued to look at this season. I they they've gotta in the offseason, they've gotta do something about the entire organizational philosophy because they can't just watch the entire league go, oh, okay, you're not gonna swing. And just watch pitches because this it not only is this approach not working, the approach that they're teaching doesn't prepare anybody how to hit at a high level. 
Because yeah. Jack, not only is Jack Sawinski just doesn't swing ever with two strikes at a borderline pitch. When he does swing at those borderline pitches in any count, he doesn't look like he's prepared to hit it. Yeah, and I mean, you you are seeing um, like guys like Endy and Piguero, like as they adjust to the majors, they're striking out a bit. Like I think they're at twenty nine percent respectively, both of them on the year, and that's been that's been coming down. But like, hey, they're walking more. And what's really encouraging to me is that Endy does not hit the ball. Like he's not going to be like an O'Neill Cruz smacking the ball one hundred twelve miles an hour on the park, but he's currently rocking a forty two percent hard hit rate. That's that, really good. That plays. <laughs> That plays. Um, and you can definitely see him getting more comfortable as he plays. And he's not he's not looking to walk. He, he's not a Scott Hatterberg. <laughs> no, that he is not. Um, to your point, I just want to point out here. Yeah, like so Peguero is at a 30.1% strikeout rate, and Andy's at a 27.4, which is like you said, coming down. Like, so both your points, you know, back to Andy. This is like the thing you're talking about. Like when you look at his overall numbers, and now it is a 108 weighted runs created plus. Like he's been about hovering around average, you know, here and there, up and down a little bit for a while. But it's just like, again, like going into the eye test, when you see him, much like Henry Davis, you feel like he's going to figure it out, although he's been struggling a lot lately and he hasn't. But like when you look at him, he's got a great approach. Like this guy is a dude, you know, and he's Mm. showing it more now too. And, uh, you know, granted, the pitching wasn't as talented today so you know he did get three hits i mean granite capra walks in off <laughs> off the streets and gets a hit today so yeah you can tell you know that they're not as hard to come by tonight however again three hits um big hits like he just again he looks very comfortable now he looks like a dude i'm very excited about andy rodriguez i, I think after just watching like dallas keichel carve us up for six innings i'm, I'm just gonna take whatever we can get even if it's off a, a drew rom he was probably never going to see the major leagues after a day like this. Um, again, he's probably never coming back up. But um, no, you're right. It was not great pitching by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know. I, you, it, it's not even like stats. I just see the way that Piguero and Andy play baseball. And I'm like, they have the it factor. They, they, they look different than a and Nick Gonzalez, if that makes any sense. It does. That does. And that's kind of to, uh, so Mark asked this question, you know, even like look at this roster, then check out Nick Gonzalez and AAA and ask yourself, why isn't he in Pittsburgh? And I, I get, uh, I get both sides of that. No, I do because the roster isn't that talented on the, on the pirates. Right. But the same sense, there's, there's a lot of opportunities that Nick Gonzalez has. And I can understand, like, I would rather have Triolo, on the major league roster right now than Nick Gonzalez. If that I would sense. too. Cause the thing is Nick Gonzalez had his extended opportunity and he failed. He did. I mean, he's going to get another opportunity. I think for the real problem is that Nick is a second baseman. And right now you have three second basemen on the roster. Like who, who, you know, obviously you'd probably rather have him up here than Vinny Carpa. But like, if we're talking Triolo Bay, I mean, I don't want Bay on the roster for personal reasons, but like just from like a pure talent standpoint, who was Nick Gonzalez displacing on the roster who plays second base? Yep. Right. No, that's that's fair. And it's certainly Pagero at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and even though like he is performing right now in AAA's 
second you know time down there now he's still striking out that was the worrisome before you know mm-hmm. it's this is what he was doing before the call off i'm not sure if we've really seen like a change hey he saw the majors he, he saw some success he saw his failures now he gets to work on those and hopefully be a new person next time around i'm not pining for nick gonzalez to come up right away because of this roster but anyways back to the post game yeah uh yeah Piguero. I don't know if I can say like the it factor with him yet, but he has me excited. This is the first time probably since Castro of last year where I feel excited about a second baseman. And we've seen quite a few middle infielders on this team. So he, he has, I'll say he has that factor for me. I don't know the it factor, but he certainly has the excitement factor for me. Okay. All right. Are you, does he have you intrigued? I'm intrigued. <laughs> there you go, Doug. Where are you at? I'm intrigued, Doug. <laughs> Yeah, no, I am. And like, there's a lot of work, but like, you know, I think he's walked like more times in the past week than he did like in the first like 20 games he did in the major leagues. And so I, I think there's like, there are improvements to be shown. And I think he just plays a really slick glove at second base. Like, I have never been worried about Piguero fielding baseballs. And I think last year, like, I couldn't say the same thing. You know, like last year in double A, like he had the yips and they were bad yips. So good for him. Yeah, no, for real. You know, we, we worried about the defense. I thought the defense was going to look like he was going to come up here and be okay enough with the bat, but the defense mm-hmm. is going to be another middle infielder that comes up and has this very, very bad defense. And you're right. Like it's, I'm not going to say impressive, but it certainly held its own. And I've, I'm impressed of how good it is compared to how awful I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. Tonight, right. actually, like another good play if someone was covering second base. He almost could have had a double play, but ended up getting the out at first. Mm-hmm. No, and, you know, I'm not a huge Alika Williams fan, but, like, they work together well in the middle infield. They do. Alika put together some – I the results haven't been there with Alika – but he's put together some like competent looking at bats against competent pitching. I mean, he's not going out there and completely embarrassing himself on the eye test. Yeah, I mean, he he strikes out a little too much for my liking. Like, and unlike like a Pagero type guy who does strike out, he doesn't really have the pop to right. make up for it. Um, but no, I see what you mean. You know, he, at the very least, he seems to be able to get RBIs. Like he has some situational awareness about like when it's time to like lock and load and get a hit. Well, um, it's because the the pirates didn't develop him. <laughs> True, but I mean he was hitting like garbage for the Rays, so he came to the Pirates and got better. Well, th- well, that they they taught him situational awareness. We taught him how to hit. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> I'm sensing some doubt from Denardo. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not willing to fight it, but um, yeah, I no. guess the natural progression is to Reynolds and Hayes. I feel like we can talk about them together. Um, how are we feeling about Cabrian Hayes? Oh, so much better. Because during that little stretch back in it was was it late May or was it late June to early July? Yeah, something like that. May thirty first to June eighth, I feel like it was. 
yeah. So during that stretch, he hit like 500. You know, he was had an OPS of like 1300 for like two weeks. That this stretch stands out for me from that stretch because he is he's consistently hitting the ball in the air now. He's and he's consistently pulling it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there not were, consistently, but he's pulling the ball more than he has. There was more of like the weak pop up stuff tonight, but like I'd agree with the overall trend. Like that double was smoked. Yeah, and that's kind of like what you need more of. And like you know, even though it was only one hit, he went one for five. Like hitting the ball hard in the air is such a big development for him. And I don't know if he's gotten to like a league average WRC plus, but I feel like he has to be climbing up there. I think he who is at eighty nine coming into tonight. I checked. He's still at eighty nine. Yep. Yep. Even even after tonight. Yep. It's close. Well, that's hey, the thing. Well, like, that's eighty nine WRC is like realistically for him to be like a like a more than two point five WAR player with with his current defense. 89 WRC is pretty much all he has to do. Yeah. Like we've kind of talked and discussed that, you know, like you want more from Cabrian. You sense you can have it. We're just not sure why he can't really tap into it to, to give you better results. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll take a 90 way to, you know, I'll take about 10% below league average because that's still a three war player. Right. You, you really want to see him be about a league average hitter. And yeah. if he can, and I think he, I think he can, the skill set's there, just having more of that consistency and such. Mm-hmm. You know, if he can be a league average hitter at third base with that defense, you're looking like a four war type of player. That's that's really good. Uh, Three I'm wars put, acceptable for sure. Yeah, you know, that is true. But like I'm gonna push back a little because the last two years, I think we can agree that the last two years of Cabrian have been a little underwhelming, right? Right. Yeah. 2021, 87, 2022, 88. And now he's sitting at 89. He is just sitting at what he has been for the past three years at this point. And so at this point, since he's what, 26 years old, he's, he, I feel like he needs to take at least that next step forward. I I don't think if the pirates want to go where they want to go and the lineup is already looking as shaky as it is, you can afford to have Brian Hayes bat like this. Um, and it's not his fault because he's making pennies. Like that contract is nothing. But because we're the Pirates, he has to hit better than what he is. And he's on the track to doing that. So I don't want to take anything away from him. But like, if he starts falling off again, he's going to be batting worse than he has. This is going to be his worst batting season in his entire career, which is crazy to think about. And two weeks ago, it was by a long way. Oh, yeah. 100%. At, at one point this season, I think it was May, it was down to like 56. Mm-hmm. I think that was the exact number. I was, he was he was like the third worst qualified hitter in baseball at one point this year. And there was another hitter on the Pirates named Austin Hedges, <laughs> by the way. But, but past was that. he was he qualified at that point? Probably not. He, no, no Hedges Hedges, Hedges never he, he Hedges missed all of April and he's a catcher. He was never qualified. Yeah. Um I wonder what happens to the Pirates in April. Um but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, let's move on to the pitching. Um, and I have no idea what to make of the pitching tonight. <laughs> like on paper, it was great. You know, nine innings. Thomas Hatch comes in to start. Thomas Hatch has been surprisingly good. Hasn't he though? Yeah. Like I say like, that <laughs> truthfully. Yeah. No, like I, I am not being sarcastic. Like when I saw Thomas Hatch, I'm like, okay, this is a guy, I guess. And then he's basically come in and thrown three innings every time out and has looked really good doing it. We were talking about this the other day where like they've, done a surprisingly decent job avoiding like the true bottom of the barrel waiver claims um like the del pozos and the icoffs of the world mm-hmm. like they're really just there hasn't been anybody that's been brought in externally that would like be the jared icoff of the year right right that's, yeah that's the thing you know like there's Hatch, there's Andre Jackson, there's been Barucky this point, you know. I mean, for as much heat as I know myself, I'm not gonna speak for you too, but I think you too as well. I've yes. given like the pitching, the coaching and everything, you know, with these players, like there's intrigue there. Like when Barucky came over and then they called him up, mm-hmm. it's not a serious team, right? When Andre Jackson, you know, brought was brought in, not a serious team, you know, hatches added, not a serious team. Like those are thoughts that go through your head because like, when you look at these players, look what they've done, the organizations they come from and they given up on them. It's just like, let's, we've seen this before, right. To kind of your point, like the, the Jared Icoffs, like all the other castaways that came in and were just awful, but I'm not ready to pin that on these guys. I mean, Brucky's shown enough at this point. Like I'm not, but like with Andre Jackson, there's, there's been some intrigue and like with hatch i'm not saying intrigue to like the degree of the other two but he's held his own where i didn't think he would either and like tonight like it wasn't it wasn't sexy like two swing and miss yeah it, but it's this is a really really good cardinals offense especially right now and he he did his damn job yeah and i think what's nice about it is like they've basically told him to stop throwing his fastball because he has a quinn priester fastball and he's just been spamming a cutter changeup mix, which isn't like a really great strikeout combination, but what it has been pretty good at is just like limiting that hard contact. Right. Um, now he's still getting hard hit quite a bit, but like considering last year, he was getting hit hard 70% of the time. And now that's down to 38. You know, I, I, you can, you can say that's a pretty sizable improvement. Um, and it does make you wonder how much, how long he can really keep this up, because I don't know how long this three innings of Andre Jackson and this three innings of Tom, Thomas Hatch can really go on for. Yeah, they they have to bring in a, a another real starter because at this point, with Oviedo's innings being managed, there is like really, you know, you have Mitch Keller and Bailey Falter as like the only guys that can that reasonably you can kind of hope to go six innings at this point. That's just, that's, you can't, you can't do that for two months of the season. That's just not, it's not sustainable. I don't know if I'd even call Bailey Falter a reliable six inning guy. Well, no, I'm not saying that, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that like him and Keller are like the only two guys that you can even remotely hope to get six out of right now. Yeah, that's being managed. 
Right. No, that's and fair. Just kind of your your talking. You brought up April. That's the complete opposite of what made this team really strong early on in the year too. We talked how the starters are giving innings. Like the starters were helping the bullpen so much because mm-hmm. they were going six, seven, where you just had to go to Holderman and Bednar. Um, and I feel like it's now reversed again that the bullpen has to stay strong. They have to eat the innings because the starters can't do so once again. So you're right, you know, and that was the challenge of this deadline, especially if you give up a Rich Hill. Which again, like I'm, I'm okay with the trade, mm-hmm. but if you are worried about the trade last year, the Quintana, because how are you going to finish the year? It was going to be even more of a issue this year. And again, like we are seeing it now, but again, like that's what we're talking. Like Connor brings up these guys that they have run to fill. There is some intrigue. Now they are going three and three innings, right? Like you say, like how long mm-hmm. can that last, but they've been holding their own and I've been pleasantly surprised with this. So like, I'm not ready to register like hatch is part of the future and he's good under Jackson is good. You know, I'm going to get scolded especially in our Discord, but I'm not ready to say Brucky's good, but I'm certainly intrigued. I have some I, faith I, in Brucky. I wouldn't give him the good title yet either. We're not crowning him as King Brucky yet, are we? <laughs> not yet, but, but I think he's deserved every reason to be part of the bullpen next year. You know, oh, Jackson and Hatch, like I'm um, they haven't earned anything yet, but I, I'm certainly watching. But Barucki's a competent left-hander, and Garcia still can't grip a baseball, so he's on the roster next year no matter what. Um, but I, I do like, and I don't know how to phrase this because I don't want to do cliches, but I like, because I'm not sure how I feel about Falter as like a guy you just give the ball to every five days. But I do like him being used as someone in tandem with the Thomas Hatch or with an Andre Jackson. And obviously I think he got helped out by the game being so out of reach by the time he came in that like, it didn't really matter how well, like the Cardinals had kind of given up, but I like, I like piggybacking him with the guy like Hatch. I think it works well. I do as well. I also just have no idea how good Bailey Falter truly is. I don't think <laughs> he is. So there's that. I thought you were going to end it at I don't think. And I yeah, was, can, can we I click gonna, that? <laughs> just like, I, I don't think. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to agree with you. That's going to be my version of Jim's texting. I'm an idiot. Just yes. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Falter's there's not weird. much intrigue with Falter. And like, I. I feel like maybe part of it, like what you said, you know, like tonight he shut him down, but it was over with. It was over. Game's over. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, he, it is a nice build up, like building off of the Mets start. I think that was pretty good. You know, start. <laughs> he went six innings. It's good enough for me, man. Like, you know, obviously you don't want to give up home runs to um, the Cardinals backup catcher. But I mean, I mean, the set was it seven strikeouts and eight strikeouts and in six innings. I did not think he had that in him. No, and that's fair because I, I don't at all. <laughs> He's like, I guess, is Angel Perdomo like a good comp where like it's you don't really understand how he gets out, but he does. I don't know. 
I, 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 I'm sorry, but like Perdomo's talented. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like I want Perdomo. I want to try to work with Perdomo with a fault or just like, eh, this is it. Like, this is, you're maxed out. This is the best we're, we're going to get out of you. I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. I think I just like they're both lefties who don't throw very hard and like have massive extension. I think that was like the only. I'll take your word that Perdomo can throw ninety eight. I well, don't only think... well no he did. He did. did he? It's just no, it's just only when he's intentionally hitting batters. Oh right, <laughs> right. <laughs> how could I forget? But like, I understand why they liked a guy like Bailey Falter. Again, I have no idea what to make of him, though. I wish I had something better, but I don't. Because yeah, so I don't know. I talked with um with Nathan Webb, who's a pitcher in in AAA earlier today, um, and basically when they bring guys into the organization, they they go, okay, what are you good at? What do you want to work on? So you know, they they identify metrics with these guys that they like um with falter it's the extension with hatch it's also the extension um and then they go okay what are you good at and they work with these players you know getting getting better at the things that they want to work at and then adding on top of that that's that's how the pitching development was for for web you know so maybe maybe they just found something with falter and they they've certainly found something with with Perdomo and and those guys because they're they're performing better than advertised. Yeah. Well, I think I would agree with Denaro to the fact that like even at like if Bailey falters like 99th percentile, I don't see him more than like a fourth or a fifth starter. Yeah. Like I, I think that is like the absolute max that you could hope for in him. But the problem is like if that's the max that his floor is DFA guy next year. We have a lot of guys who whose ceiling yeah. is fourth or fifth starter. We have a lot of five through nine hitters and four and five stars. <laughs> That's our rallying cry. Huh? We, we, we figured out the back end of the roster. Now we just need to figure out <laughs> <laughs> progress, though, right? It's progress. Yeah. No, I mean, you don't look around the roster like you did last year and think, you know, 95% of you guys should be in AAA. <laughs> Right. And 80% of you shouldn't have jobs at all. Yeah. Like, there's no Kai Toms out there. And it did. There was, you know, I I think we're far enough removed from it now that we kind of forget just how massive the roster turnover was. Like, I think something like 48 of the 69 players used last year aren't in the organization anymore. And that was at the start of the year. That number's only gone up. That's crazy. So it's probably more like 50, 50, 52 or 54 now. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And that's not to go too deep in this rabbit hole, but that's part of the frustration of like, why when you look at this team where they're at this year, like I understand, well, I don't know if the number is right now per se, but it was like seven games better than last year. But like, this is a much better roster like they should be you know mm-hmm. and then when they start out with the record that they had they certainly should be so that's why we look at like yeah it's progress this year but are you really 
contributing this team that much better? You know, like should they really be here or should they be better based on circumstances? But at any rate, how you yeah, get like, there matters a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, I guess again, like not to harp too much on this, but like even with Falter, I'm kind of like back on that, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like you've seen them bring guys into this organization and work with them, and they've been somewhat successful. So like I've certainly I was down on the Falter trade. Well, certainly was because of my boy Casho being involved in it again, talent. And mm. Mm, I don't know about talent, uh, but regardless, like you see these guys coming in, Brocky, Hash, like Jackson, like they, I don't know if they're recognizing or seeing something that, that fits what they're trying to do or mold or whatnot, but so far it has worked. So it's like, that's why I'm going to back off a little bit. And I don't really believe in falter, but let's see if they're cooking anything. When these bullpen days work, they, they kind of really work, right? We we saw that tonight. Um, when it's executed and it goes well, it's it's great. But just when it doesn't go well, it's a compounding issue because now your pen is overworked and yeah. your starters aren't going deep enough in the game. You don't really have starters. Mm-hmm. It it just it. It really concerns me that they're not concerned enough with the immediate future as little as it means. And I'm I'm on the side of, you know, winning games now kind of does matter. But I'm uh, I think my thoughts on that certainly aren't aligned with the front office. Mm-hmm. But you nope. you've got to at least get through the games. And I'm really worried that they just don't have enough on hand right now to get through the games. Not on, not on the major league roster. They don't, but there's also just a part of me just like would not terribly be upset if like you roll into next year thinking your fifth starter is like back piggybacking a guy with a Hatch or a Jackson, where that's your plan every five days. It doesn't have to be Falter. It could be an Ortiz. It could be a JT Brubaker. I don't hate the idea of doing that. Yeah, neither do I. That's that's an interesting point. Probably a definitely like an offseason topic to talk about because you never have a problem with too much pitching. Yeah, you, know, you always yeah. want, but but there is part of this, and it is like how you said it's a lot of three, four, and five starters, mainly four and five starters. But there's like, especially with injury, when Burroughs comes back. JT comes back, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys coming up in the, in the minor leagues and such, the guys that are already here. Like, there's going to be a plethora of air quote starters. So, I wonder if that's something they maybe do look into doing is, mm-hmm. well, we have six, seven of them. Let's maybe throw it's almost to the degree of like what they're using Rowansy and Crow, you know, like last year. Like, what if they did something where they had like one guy go like three innings? Mm-hmm. Um, we see that we've seen that work. And if there's a guy who's good enough to do it all year long, right? I mean, I, I think we have our crow was good then, but he's not like he's not these guys, probably. You know, like I yeah. feel like I would rather have Andre Jackson than a oh, well crow on the team, just seeing the two guys pitch and such. It's like if Andre Jackson can be that guy, um, uh, we, we you saw the value of that, and that that really helps out a bullpen, also. Yeah, I mean, like, today was huge because, like, you know, they use two pitchers. T- tomorrow's bullpen is going to be super fresh. Yep. Especially since we don't have a whole lot of off days, like it was, it was pretty big. I mean, I guess 
you gotta I think you gotta trade some of these guys though. It's like, it becoming I don't want to turn this into like roster construction post game show. I don't want to do that, but like looking toward next year is like you can't roster all of these guys if that makes any sense. Like, like someone's got to go, and so I don't know how you do that, but I would like to see like you know like maybe because I, I know Vince Velasquez said he would like to come back. If you want to use them as like a Thomas Hatch or an Andre Jackson type deal, I think that would work pretty well too. You know, just have these bullpen guys that can slot in for an inning if you need to, but also can piggyback starters like a Brubaker or a Falter who aren't really good enough to do it on their own, but can work together well in a tandem, if that makes any sense. It does. It's it's kind of becoming the same thing with like it's a similar situation to the middle infielder situation where it's and they and now Alik is in the mix too. So we were saying that somebody needed to be traded before Alika got here. Now with Alika here, you know, that's log jammed. You've got a pitching log jam next year because you go down the list and it it's Keller, Oviedo, Skeens. Uh, Rowanzi and Ortiz are, are going to get second chances at some point. Um, Solomito, Jones, it's there's there's too many names and not enough spots. Right. And plus, like you mentioned, Falter, and uh, now the name's escaping me, but the trade with San Diego, that, that pitcher is now in double A right now. Jackson Wolf. Yeah, Wolf. Like, there, there's. He's Again, not he's, real. He's, he's not real. <laughs> no, he's he's not, but he's he has made a major league spot start this year. Right, and that's what I'm getting at. Like Again, the, the quality isn't really there, but there's a lot of people. Yes. And there's an argument to be made that, like, they, I'm of the opinion, you know, that they kind of need more legitimate starting pitchers. They can't just go with, like, three bullpen days a week. Um. So, and with so many names coming up in the future, now might be the time to just get a look at Jackson Wolf. I know he's, he's, he's made a spot start. Just, you need innings. I wouldn't be shocked if he does. Again, we're no, talking about I wouldn't needing either. innings, right? Like, I feel like there's going to be a, a couple guys that come up. We're supposed to be a competing team next year. and We're having these discussions. I don't like that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, we got we got a little sadder. Um, but I think we covered everything about the game almost. Anything else you guys want to touch on? Oh not really. The people saying that we need to lose this series because we can't get a top pick next next year. <laughs> You're deranged. There are people saying that there are. Well, my timeline is curated to avoid those people. So I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I just took a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. I know. Denardo, that. I know. Denardo. <laughs> I know. Denardo knows who. Uh, well, oh, to be a, a number of people, but yeah, I, I guess just to well, say that. And for anyone this like the point isn't to lose, like it could be advantageous to have another pick. I get that. Right. If you have the opportunity to get a number, number one overall, but just because you're in the bottom six doesn't mean you're going to get it. And 
with that said too, like it's time to move forward. You know, like, like right. Connor said here earlier, like winning does matter right now. Like let's let's yeah. start building that culture because these guys that are here are going to be part. You know, most of them are going to be part of that next one. Let's let's get some winning. Let's get some jiving. Let's get some good vibes going. Let's let's build into next year. Let's build something. Like let's start building instead of continuing to tear. I would rather Andy go three for four with a homer than go zero for four with a throwing error that costs us the game. If Andy has to go zero for four with a throwing error that costs us the game, to for us to get a top five pick, then I don't want a top five pick. I'm sorry. That's a very good point. Like, would you rather your rookies right now play like the Reds or play like what the Pirates rookies are currently playing? Right. I would much uh, rather them all have 130 weighted runs created plus, 109, and you know, like all the rookies playing well, which will lead to wins. Unfortunately, the team's going to win. <laughs> but like, okay, so that you're, like, your future is performing. I would much rather the future perform right now than not perform because I'm going to get another pick. Because then you go next year like, well, are any of these guys good? Yeah, you leave with you leave with more question marks than answers you have by having like a draft pick that's five spots higher. It's it's just it's not worth it. Right. I'm gonna put a hot take in here. I, I like it better when my team wins baseball games. Wow. <laughs> like, 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 that, that's all that needs to be said. You're mind. so like, bold. <laughs> but, but the farm rankings. <laughs> We got it. Sorry, sorry. Future <laughs> value. I, I, I forgot. Um, uh, good teams win championships. Great teams get the best MLB pipeline prospect farm. <laughs> <sighs> well, the Pirates are five and two. Six and two? Five or know. two or one of the two are five or two or six and two against the St. Louis Cardinals this year. I feel year. like it's six and two. I feel like but. six and two is right. Um, almost makes it makes up for how bad we are against the Brewers and the Cubs tomorrow. Adam Wainwright versus Johan Oviedo seven Oh five. We should win this game. I'm really disappointed. Cruz got injured because the second that I, that I heard that Adam Wainwright was coming back for one more year my mind immediately went to Cruz hitting like a 500 foot Homer off an 87 mile an hour fastball. And I'm, I'm sad that we've been robbed of that. It's okay. Tomorrow Oviedo revenge game. Tomorrow. Josh Palacios hits. Well, he already had his, (laughs) he already had his revenge game. Didn't he? He had a really, he had his first like, okay, you're a guy. Uh, start this year was came against that Cardinals series that we split in St. Louis in in yeah. April. Yeah. Yep. That was that, that was that was the Oviedo revenge game. Well, there's going to be another one. Yeah. Yes, stick is. it down. He's going to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. O- Oviedo revenge game. He's going to be back. Um, Derek Shelton's fighting soldiers will take the field tomorrow, seven oh five. Let's do it. Uh, Another masterclass from Derek Shelton tonight. But besides that, <laughs> my All manager, right. I got my intrigue out. You got your <laughs> yes. Derek out. Let's end the show now. 
Yeah, I think we're going to sign off here. Uh, here's Jim the shill for the show. Have a good rest of the night, everyone. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks. Thank you.